So I just uh, want to welcome each and every one. Hope we had an awesome week. And uh, hope we had a great time in Believer's Convention. Uh, it was just uh, last week. 
we're on the mountain for on the mountain for seven days. He said seven days. Yeah. So seven days on the mountain. Uh, even though here we had to, you know, once in a while just quickly go to work and come back. But we thank God for for his mercy. And I hope we are blessed. Yes, sir. Was such a become such a blessing, too much blessing. We thank God. And uh, I'm sure that we have received a, a lot and a lot of the blessing from the Lord uh, that we'll carry about. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we are here today again, and uh, we're welcome again. And um, I just wanted to to start from, you know, just welcoming us and encouraging us as well uh, regarding the season. So, we, let's just first of all open to Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Then we'll see how the Lord will help us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, Beacon, like I was saying earlier, Beacon was uh, such a blessing. And one of the hallmark is that um, the Lord... Uh, wanted us to hunger for him like we've never before uh, because there's a blessing that is coming because of that hunger. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I think before before we went for Beacon, the last meeting, uh, we began to just see a few things concerning um, the need for hunger and uh, as the Lord would have it uh, in the prayer, I think uh, it kind of continued, right? And it was also what was in my heart as well. Um, and I just felt that uh, the hunger that the Lord is, uh, is demanding or is, is looking to, to fill us with, it's because the Lord, that wants us to, the Lord wants to fill us with a fresh hunger, right? Uh, that hunger, I mean, we, you know, we started preparing our hearts in Believers Convention, but uh, I just perceive that the, the hunger is not just for that. Yes, sir. It's, it's continuing. Mm. And um, the, the Believers Convention, Canada Believers Convention that is coming up in September, right, is another time of, like we're saying, it's a, it's a great time of feast we are in right now, right? The Lord is... Uh, bringing food, feast, preparing foods before us, right? The Lord, and the season of feasting, again, for the heart is a season of sowing, mm. right? Because the Lord, the Lord is sowing into heart. Just like we started seeing the, the parable of the sower, and then we began to see that uh, the season that there's a, there's a great feast is when the Lord also comes to sow. Mm. Because the Lord sow by creating a feast yes. for his people. So when there's a feast, that means word is going to come. Seed is going to, is going to f f you know, fly around. Uh, well, when I say fly, you know, it's, it's the sower sowing the seed, right? And when he's sowing the seed, there's what the Lord expects it to do in the heart. It should grow on a good soil, right? And we began to see the importance of, uh, you know, having, uh, instead of the importance of preparation, right, in our heart towards... Uh, this season, 
whereby the uh, the ground of our heart is is tilled for the season, right? Such that the the seed when it comes, it can find find footing, amen, in our heart. You know, and we began to talk about the the seed when it lands, right? Uh, the reason for the farmer, right, tilling the ground is to ensure that the seed can find root, right? Can take hold and then uh, can. Uh, find good footing in the ground. And, you know, it's finding footing is pretty much finding, uh, growing downward first, right? And as it's growing down, then it will begin to grow upward, right? Because the root needs to go down to ground the stem, right? Then it begins to germinate. And one thing we see is that as the, as the plant itself grows, right, the root also keep growing, Right? And uh, I think, I don't know, maybe some of us that study botany would know. That, and they said that uh, when a, you see a tree, no matter how tall it is, the root is twice as tall. Right? The root is twice as tall, meaning that not as much as the tree is great, the root is much more important. So it's finding root, finding foot within the heart is, is very essential, right? So, and we see that if, if the heart is not properly tilled, right, like a farmer would till the ground, prepare the ground for, for planting, uh, it's possible that, you know, different things might happen to the, to the seed. It's possible it can grow, but it may not find footing, right? Just like, uh, you know, we, 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 we see the, the seed that falls on the, on the hard soil. On, on the rock, right? You know, as the soil is sowing, seeds can fall on the wayside, it can fall on the, on the, on the rock, on the stones. Uh, and the problem with the stone aspect is that it can grow, but because there's not much earth, right? So the seed can find root within the ground, within the heart. And, we, and we're, we're talking about that, and we mentioned that the, all those ground that they're talking about really is the ground of the heart, right? is the heart of souls. So souls, uh, uh, and we, we were talking about the heart as the, the deepest part, right? The deepest part of the soul. Because when you have a, I began to just look at the element of the, of the soul, right? And we see that when you have a, when you have a man, when you have a being, there are compartments in the being. The soul have parts, the soul have many, many parts as members, that's what the scripture calls it, right? Uh, say, yield your members, right? That's what they said in Romans, I believe, chapter 8, 8 or 7, I think it's Romans 6, that's 6, 7 or 8, I think it's 6, yes, Romans, is it 6? It's 7, okay. See, see, he, he has yield yourself, servant unto unrighteousness. Right? So now yield your members. Right? Six, right? Uh -huh, six. Romans six. So it says yield your members. So now we began to see that the soul has members. Right? And then we began to x-ray the 
the part of the soul, right? Different part of the soul. One of the things that we start to see that, uh, no, we, we saw that the soul has a body, right? The soul is not, just like we're talking about the soul of a man, it's actually a body, just like you have a physical body, right? Mm -hmm. So, the, and you know, we began to see that the, the physical body is, a, is pretty much a, an exp, is the expo of what is inside. So, as you see man naturally with fingers, with hands, with legs, with ears, with sight, right, with nose and mouth, it can move, it can uh, talk. Those are the things that is possible in the soul as well. Right? The soul can smell, can eat. Right? If the soul can't eat, the Lord won't prepare a feast. No one they're preparing a feast. When the Lord says he's preparing a feast, it's for people to eat. I mean, a king won't prepare a feast. And then you have mute. It's not, not just mute, mute can't talk, but you have people that have mouth but can't eat. Those are idols. Right? It's idols that have mouth can't eat. Idols that have eyes can't see, right? But men are not idols, right? So men are a living creature. Men live. So the soul, so everything, we'll be so surprised. Most of the thing that we see in scripture, right? There's a way the Lord allocates things. You can see the part of the provision for the spirit. And then you can see the part and the provision for the soul, Right? And just for us to know that the soul is very complicated, that's why they have to write this whole Bible. Mm -hmm. If it's just about the spirits that they are addressing, perhaps the Bible might just be one page. Mm -hmm. Just one. And inside one, you have all the information that the spirit needs. Why? Because the spirit has speed when it comes to journey. Right? The, the spirit is not sluggish. It's not slow. Which is why when we get born again, and we have a new spirit, a recreated spirit, right? The spirit is Christ, right? The spirit is not, does not, the, spirit is not the same as the soul. But some of the blessing in the spirit moves to the soul, right? It comes upon the soul so that the soul can begin to see a little bit differently. It's because of how complicated the soul is. The Lord needs to write scripture, Genesis to Revelation. And when they are talking, and most of the things we see here, to be honest, what, what they are writing to mostly is the soul. But when you look at it, almost like when they are talking about the spirit, it's like it's done. Forget about it, that one is not even a big problem. Don't you know that you are a new creature, right? You know, they talk about new creation reality, just talked about it quick and then disappeared, right? And then they began to write these letters, right? They began to write it to the soul, Write the letter to the soul. Keep writing. Keep writing. When you are reading it, uh, the scripture, they are not necessarily, I mean, of course, when you read the scripture, you, you feed your, your spirit man, right? But when you look at it, where the strength land in really is your soul, right? Because uh, your spirit in itself is strong, although it can die still, Right? But the strength inside the spirit is not as weak as that which is in the soul. Most of the time, the reason why the spirit can even die is because they have to convince the soul to do things to kill the spirit. In short, when we get born again, it's not our spirit that they preach to. It's the soul that they convinced. Can you be born again?
then because the spirit is dead. So it's not our spirit that they were preaching gospel to. Please, can you repent? Repent and be forgiven. Turn from your sin. You know, when you see uh, John shouting in the wilderness, I am the voice, shouting, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What he's talking to is the soul. He's trying to convince the soul. So when the soul is convinced, then it can allow the spirit to be recreated. Right? So the, 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 pro, the problem that the Lord is solving is in the soul. So it's the soul that they are writing to, they are talking to. Are, and then you see letters here in scripture. And Paul begins to make references, right, to ye are our, our epistle, written and read of all men. So where is it written? Where is the tablet, right? And then we got to talk about the tablet of the heart, right? written not with, with ink, but with the spirit, right? Then the tablet, where they are writing it, is the heart, right? So we have a tablet, which is the heart. And that is the part of the soul. You now realize that the soul is where they really need to do a lot of work. Amen. Amen. So our spirit recreated, right? But our soul, they need to say and say and say and say and say. And part of feast, part of saying a lot to the soul, right, is to feed it. So when the soul eats, right, is fed, it can become fat. But before I jump there, what I was you know, going to say is that when they prepare a feast, right, like I was saying earlier, is the, 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 the soul, right, has mouth, has ears, has nose, has hands, just like the physical body, right? And like I was saying, I think the Lord did it intentionally such that, uh, like I was saying that, the, 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 such that we can, in a way, see or we can perceive, amen, we can perceive things that is happening spiritually. Like, uh, you know, the Lord, when he created things, he said these things that are seen speaks of things that are not seen. It's also true for man because you don't really necessarily see the soul, nor the spirit. What you see is the body. But you have the inward man, you have the outward, right? Then the inward, then the inner, the inner man, right? So those are different separations of man. So man in three dimensions. And Kenneth uh, again spend time just breaking it down. And it is important that those things are separated. Why? Because if those things are not clearly defined, clearly separated, it will be difficult for Christians to know their inheritance and to know their destiny. Why? Because if it's not clear, they can assume the inheritance of the spirit for the soul. They can assume the inheritance of the body for the soul. Or the soul, I mean, for the body, or the soul for this. I mean, the truth of the matter is that the most mysterious part of man is the soul. The spirit is not too mysterious. The body is not too mysterious. But the most mysterious part of man is the soul. And the Lord did it that way. The soul is a mystery. It is designed like that because of its, I'll put it this way, because of its nature. Right? Uh, the, part of the nature of the soul is that it, it, what it eats 
is actually mysteries. Part of the food for the soul is mysteries. And there's a reason why the soul likes mysteries. It's because in a way, it likes it's mystery is a is a how do I put it? Is a is a is a, is a form of pleasure. Amen. Mystery is like a is when when you you find the answer to a mystery, is is food for the soul. The soul is excited. Why? Because he has he has just discerned something that is likened to its nature. Right? Because it's it's every time even man does not know so. Most people don't even know themselves until they discover themselves. Ah, I can do that. Oh. So I can do that. But sometimes, let's say, maybe that's even sometimes behavior. It's maybe sometimes it's just strength. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. I don't know. I'm hearing. Amen. So sometimes the soul does not know itself. It's a, it's, it's, the soul is a mystery to itself. Sometimes you don't even know what, is, what the soul is capable of. Sometimes maybe, oh, I can, I can climb a mountain. No, you can't climb it. I, I, I don't think I can climb a mountain. It's true what you said. It's true. I can't climb a mountain. But maybe somebody just came and just, I know, you know you can try and climb the mountain. No, well, let me give it a try. Then why climbing? You know what you are climbing is not just physical strength alone. You use part of your soul. Right? So as you are climbing, because as you are climbing, you are still learning too. Right? And you can't, learn without the soul. The soul is the tool for learning. I don't know how science, maybe this one, they have to prove science, right? The tool for learning is not brain. It's the soul. But they are telling us that your brain stores memory. In a way, it's true. Right? But all the, all the function of the brain is sitting on something. If you remove the soul, I don't know if it can store memory. When you just remove soul, remove and just, just put your body and say, yeah, I'm going to experience and store memory. Let's see. Because part, part of the experience is written in the heart. There are some things you can write in mind. Right? That one you can quickly forget that. But things you write in the soul if you, remove, if you remove the brain, the soul will remember. That's just the truth. The soul will remember everything. Where you experience God is not in your mind or your brain. But each time you experience God, there's like a stamp. You can't forget. That it's, that's where, where it's landing is in the soul, not the head. If God's experience lands in the head, most of the time we won't even know who God is. We'll forget. When once more... Small, small doubt just comes like this. We forget everything. So when the Lord, when the Lord install His knowledge, is not in the head, is not in the, is not in the uh, brain. When the Lord install His person of, into a man, is it's is the soul of a man. So the soul is the is the in a way the soul is the brain. This. I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to explain something in a way that all the function you find in the brain, when you look at the soul, you most likely find it there. Because somehow, it's because of the soul that 
the, the brain is, is functioning the way it functions. But there's the, there's the natural part of it where you know you send signals and all those kind of things, right? But in the soul, you know, when you say you have some kind of emotion, then the brain releases some chemicals, but what is happening is in the soul. So, the, okay, the soul decided, decided to just let the brain know this is what's happening. Then the brain can, oh, okay, which, which hormone should I release? The soul will tell it, okay, release this hormone. And then it will release hormones, right? You know, some science students will be like, no, 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 that's not it. We get it, we get it. Right? Because everybody has been studying man. We'll be studying man from beginning to the end. One thing that they have difficulty with is identifying the soul. They can't identify the soul. That's why they can do movies like, uh, uh, what's that movie that I saw recently? Not recently, a while back. Uh, now, I can't remember, it's on Netflix where you have stacks. Then they can now create, they can take all of the memory and everything, put it in a stack, which is the technology. And then they can now remove it and then put it in another sleeve. So they now call the body sleeve, like shirt. Long sleeve, short sleeve. <laughs> so they now they call the body sleeves. Ah, so what's going on here? What's, which kind of mind is this? Right? A whole, a whole human being, all their memory, all their emotion, all their person, they put it in a stack. It's impossible. It's impossible. I don't know what they are trying to do, but you can't, you can't, the only way they can succeed in creating a human being is if they can create the soul. And the truth of the matter is that there's no way you can find it. <laughs> that thing called soul, there's no way. There's no material on earth that can create it. That can, there's no, there's, how do you want to fabricate so? Number one, the person trying to create it is limited. The soul is not made with, an, with a natural fabric. The fabric of the soul is actually eternal. That's the fabric of the soul. The fabric that the Lord used to create. Imagine, imagine every single person sitting down here has eternal capability within their soul. That is why everybody can have a destiny for eternal life. Imagine the soul can only capture the earth or the world. It will be limited. God can't stay there. God is more than the world. God is more than the, the, the space. God is eternal. If God is eternal, then, and he has said in his heart that I have sworn I will not repent. Man is my resting place. It means that the man must be made of the same fabric that can contain God. Amen. And the Lord has been telling us different, different, different things about that soul aspect. That soul aspect is, is where, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, digging, harvesting needs to go in. And that's why the body must understand the soul. Clearly. Clearly be defined. Why? Because most, what we know mostly is the spirit man. So we read to renew our spirit. We read our Bible to renew our spirit, to strengthen our spirit. We didn't know about the soul. And the Lord was, was merciful. Well, because while we are doing that, he found a way to translate all those things to the soul. So while, this, while what we know is that we are feeding our spirit, 
the Lord is, 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 has set up a system where as it gets to the spirit man, it's not just only the spirit man, it's actually, it's actually the soul. Because uh, for things to get into your spirit man, in a way it has to pass through your soul. Or you don't think so. Because the soul is the middle man between the spirit and the body. So it is the, it's with the soul you can touch the spiritual. It's with the soul you can touch the natural. So that's the, that is the gap, the bridging gap between the spirit and the natural. If you have a man and you remove, I'll try and speed up, and you remove the soul aspect, it might not be able to contact its spirit. It may not be able to touch its spirit. Why? Because there is no means of, of transfer. If the Lord is coming to, for the spirit, how can I touch your body? You have to move through the soul. Okay. If I want to come in a different way, maybe through what you see naturally or what you hear naturally, how do I get it into the soul? How do I get it into the spirit? It means you have to pass through a means that can convert physical, empty, natural things to spiritual. And the soul is the tool of conversion. So as you are reading your Bible, it's passing through your soul into your spirit. If the soul does not allow it, forget it. It's not getting there. And that's why sometimes maybe you are reading your Bible or praying, you just notice that, wait, something is blocking. There's a block. Why is it not going? As I'm reading, I'm not understanding what's going on. Sometimes, you know, it's just a position of the heart. Maybe the heart is bothered about something, thinking about something, worried about something. There's a, there's a blocked pathway. Say, okay. The soul will be telling, um, you have already positioned, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, what's that, what's that, uh, you know, there's a, I can't remember, there's a toy where there's a hole that passes through, but the middle aspect can spin. And if you can't, you can't put the thread all the way through, if you don't align the, the inside for the hole there to align with the sides. So there's a, I don't know, there's also a, is a, it's like a, uh, clothesline tightener. You need to tighten it. The way it is designed is that you have an eye here, an eye here. Then there's a there's a middle middle spinning metal with holes. So you have to put thread here, thread here, and the bottom must come into the middle one. Then you can now tighten it. So tightening it as it has entered, then they twist it to tighten, right? But it has to pass through the hole. Imagine. The hole is not aligning to each side. You can't take it to pass through. That's how the soul is. So when information is coming, maybe you are interacting with the natural, right? And you are, you are reading your Bible. As you are reading, it passes through the soul into your spirit. And also the soul, of course, partakes of it. Because anything that strengthens the spirit will eventually strengthen the soul. And it, of course, it will strengthen the soul because it passed through it. Yeah. Or we don't think so, yeah. right? It, it strengthens it. Amen. Yeah. So the soul is the, is the main, is, uh, I wouldn't, it's not the only, but it's, it's playing a big factor in man. Amen. Yeah. So that is why we must know it, understand it. It is God's inheritance. And God, and the soul has an inheritance, which is God. So the soul must inherit God 
God must inherit that soul. So the, 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 when, when the Lord is talking about inheritance, if it's just about the spirit, I, I wasn't made for all these 66 books of the Bible. There's no much story. Spirit all said and done. New, cre new creation. Okay, yeah, let's go. You're Christ. Okay, let's move. Become the son of God. Okay, inherit. Take God only. Take it. Inherit him. That's the end of the story. They won't, they won't have to raise Jesus from the dead. They won't have to uh, start preaching Christ. They won't have to start preaching God and start preaching and preaching and preaching. And s s imagine investment over decades of years. Spirit moving upon men to pen down the scripture. It's because they know what they need to do to the soul. They need, they need this, all this spiritual investment has to go in. Why? Because they need to create something that can give a soul a hope and an inheritance, a joy. Why? Because the soul knows clearly, right? The soul knows clearly that there's nothing that can fit into it except that which is eternal. Like I was saying earlier, it's, it's an eternal fabric. It was made with an eternal fabric, right? Nothing, no, you can't, how can you find eternal fabric on it? You can't find it on earth. So if those, like I was saying, those people that want to create a stack, right, to create something that you can take all the memory of a man, take it, store it inside a, a disk, and then put it in somebody else's body and install it, and then they, they said they put it, they have to put it in the spine, because you know the brain and the spine and controls the body and all those things. So they figure out a way. But everybody, even in that movie, there were people that were. Rioting, say, where is the soul? You go to hell. You, you do not do this kind of a thing. They put religious something around it. I'm like, you should calm down. They are right to listen to them. <laughs> See those people talking that you people are ignoring. Listen to them. Because it's not possible to just create these kind of memories and install it in the spine and you expect it to function. Pretty much what you create is a robot. The best you can have is a robot. And that's it. So what we, t what we tell, so you forget about that stack, right? You have a stack, but okay, tell me, what would tell the brain to start sending certain signals, right, to the body to function? Okay, is the disk enough to give power to the brain for it to function? You know, the brain needs to be powered too. The brain needs power, and the power of the brain is invincible. And that's what men don't understand. So for all these people that are trying to create a, a robot that is like a human being, God help you. And they have all different kinds of prototypes. Amen. But the soul is, is vast and big. You can't just, you can't just cre you can't create it. Only God can give it. So, and that's why God is always sending spirits and soul into the earth. Right? Now imagine when a baby is going in the womb. Now what, what the if you, if you think carefully, what the body is actually growing is the body. It's the Lord that sends the spirit and soul to that, to that body that is growing in the womb. So if somebody is even trying to maybe incubate, okay, go ahead, do it, the Lord help you. Right? Trying to, trying to create babies in the lab. The truth of the matter is that if it works, it's because God allowed it. That's just the truth of the matter. It's because the Lord decided to still send spirit into the body that is growing. 
So what they might think, oh, we created something that is working. No, God decided to use it. He just decided to help God more. Okay, no problem. I want to send more spirits to the earth. You are creating bodies for it. No problem. Yeah, take. And there's, I, I can understand why God might not resist sending a spirit and a soul to that body. Because once you start, once that process is like, the, it's the Lord that set it to be for bodies to be forming. When that is happening, it's almost like the Lord can resist but to send a spirit to that body. Because it's like the body calls, right? It says, for a, the body without the spirit is dead. It means that it's impossible for the body to receive spirit by itself. And if there is its body without spirit, it is dead. It can't function. Amen. Amen. So part of the part of the uh, I'll say part of the, the the responsibility of the Lord is to send spirits to bodies. Amen. Amen. And of course, when you have spirit, you must have soul along with it. So the, the Lord will accompany it with a soul. Right? Praise the Lord. Because, and, and that is the major, major. I'll soon, I'll soon round up. I'll say the next 30 minutes. And we have uh, the, the, the major, the major blind, blindsided, or what we are blinded to, generally, is the fact that we don't understand that, see, when you see that spirit, it's difficult to descend between it and the soul. Right? The only thing that, that can clearly separate them is scriptures. Without the word, forget about it. There's no way. How, how, the question is, how did we know that there's a soul and there's a spirit? It's by scripture. Imagine they remove this Bible away. And nobody knows anything about spirit and soul. Today, even the, even the unbelievers out there, the world, they know that there's a soul. The reason why they can know that is because the knowledge of God has been in the world. There has, the Lord has created the awareness of that. So in a way, we're, okay, we know there's a soul. Okay, we know we are spirit beings. Okay. What's the difference? Most of the time, we can't separate between the spirit and the soul. Sometimes out there, they call the spirit the soul. Sometimes they call the soul the spirit. But the Lord is making it clear. See, believers, there is spirit, soul, and body. And that's what Second uh, Thessalonians, is it First Thessalonians chapter 5, tells us when Paul began to tell and says that, I beseech you that you preserve your, uh, that the, uh, that, and the God of, uh, is it God of peace sanctify you only? <laughs> that you present your spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body, blameless, right? Mm -hmm. So it's to present spirit, soul, and body. Verse 22, I believe. Is it 22, 21? It's to present spirit, soul, and body, blameless. So you see, it is spirit, soul, and body. That's what the Lord is dealing with. First Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Okay. It says, the very God of peace. Sanctify you holy. Spirit, soul, and body. Be preserved blameless. 
three. Those, those, are the, those are the three things that we know about man. He's a, he's a spirit. He has a soul that lives in a body. And then you see scriptures, like I was saying, talking to the soul, saying, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. That is not to save your spirit. It's to save your soul. Meaning that the soul needs to be saved. Not just the spirit. So when they convince the soul to believe the gospel and get born again, they use the opportunity to create a new spirit. Right? But there's still a lot of work they have to do to the soul. Amen. Amen. You know, and all this I was just saying earlier, just to you know, give us just an explanation, right, concerning the, the soul, right? Like I was saying, man have bodies. I like, I'll center a bit on the soul to just to talk about, you know, what I just feel the Lord wants to do tonight, and then uh, we close. So we see that the, just like the spirit has a body, right? The soul has a body. The natural, physical body has a body, right? And we read in Matthew chapter um, 6, right, uh, on Saturday, Matthew 6, verse 20, 22. Um, but I will actually read from verse 20. The Lord will help us tonight. It says, say, but lay, verse 20, say, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now said, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So when they're saying, if the therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. You know, most of the time when we read these scriptures and we don't have understanding of the soul, in the past, you know, we just assume my body is full of light. You know, just imagine it, right? Because there is no way to understand, right? It's not that this is not, this is, this is really not, uh, what's that that they call in English? English and all this. It's not, it's not, uh, it's, a part of, it's, it's a part of speech, what is it called? It's, a, it's not simile, it's not, it's not a metaphor, right? It's not a metaphor. They're not, they're not trying to say the city's light and the body are talking about is, is, is just using a, an image, you know, to tell you, you know. Because there's no way you can see light in this physical body. There's no way. But the Lord has already explained to us by giving us this natural body to explain the way light works. Right? Because the way the body sees, you and I, is that light hits inside of the eye. Is the cor is it cornea? Right? When the light hits into the eye, then it reflects to see. So the way the body, this natural body actually sees is by light entering the body. <coughs> so if light can't enter into the body, when I say the body, I'm talking about the eye, it's impossible for a natural person to see. And that's, that's the same technology they used to create cameras. So they studied the way the eye work, that they created the camera to function the same, right? So when they, 
create a camera, right? You take a picture. By the time you're taking a picture, it captures. So it shuts and opens. Right? So there is a technology of how the eye sees. And you two, you and I will blink. Although, although, although we are not capturing. <laughs> right? In a, in a way, I don't know why the Lord made it, made, make it, made it so that we have to blink. Or perhaps it's to give our eye rest to the light. Yeah. Maybe to just, you've seen, blink. Blink, shut, blink, blink. Uh -huh. You know, we, we keep blinking. That's how the eye functions. Yeah. In a way, it's regulating the light. So each time you blink, you're storing memory. See, the accident, they know it. So it captures. So pretty much, pretty much, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same technology for camera that is recording a video, right? So when you are recording a video, it's constantly, the camera is constantly recording, it's on. So that means that the eye is constantly recording. And then after while, save, save, <laughs> save. <laughs> Right? You keep saving and saving. Save that. Save that. Save that. Save that. Save that. Amen. So, really happens when you sleep. So, you have to shut to save. Right? And that's what happens to the camera. You can't capture without shutting the lens. Why? Because you have to stop light from coming in to save what you have and then expose it again so it can record more. Right? So, that's how it works. Because if, if the light is still shining and you try to capture it, it won't. So the Lord allow us to figure it out and then create a camera. So the camera is pretty much just copying what the body does. You'll be so surprised when the scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. It's true. There's no technology you see today. It has already existed. Where? In you and me. Machines are created after men. Robots that they are created now is after men. Cars after men, bicycles after men. It's by, actually, car is is an upgraded bicycle, right? It's an upgraded bicycle, and a bicycle is an upgraded leg. Of course, I mean it's still inferior because the leg is still much more important. Even though the bicycle gets you there where you are going faster than the leg, but it's not as strong as the leg. You know, imagine a car hit a bicycle. It will bend as the end. A car can hit a leg. It will heal. Right? Even if it's broken, they can put it together, wait for a while, it will heal. That's to tell you that even the, the body is, is more superior than all these things. Right? It's more superior. So that's why Satan can't use anything outside a man. A man is the, is the highest, although now we are far, we are, I won't call us highest, you know, except you know Jesus, right? Man, naturally, is the, is the highest creation. So you can't, you can't have a, a, what a man created higher than a man. It can't, it's not possible. And that's why you see, when you see most, most creations, that what men create, first of all, create problems. First of all, kill people before they perfect it. You'd be so surprised if you check the history of car. A lot of people died. And after they died, they're like, okay, this person died by this method. Let's safeguard it. Ah! This person died by this method. Let's safeguard it. Okay, that one died this way. This was when it was jump, when it was maybe trying to do something. Ah! Okay, you know what? Let's safeguard. Six beds came because people died. No, the seat belt we have to use now while driving. It's because people died. That's why they created a seat belt. 
they realize, oh, seat belt actually saves. Okay. So what happens when accidents? Okay, this, this ah, you know what? Let's create a seat belt. So everything man creates is actually a problem. The man is perfecting. That's why me, I don't trust any technology. I mean, even even if <laughs> I don't. Talk, I mean, of course, I use it. No, I mean, I won't be afraid of. We use it. Just that one thing I know. Whenever I see program technology, the first thing that comes to my mind is that this thing can fail. So my, my mind is thinking, how did how do how do men have, have they thought about different ways this thing can fail? That's why many times you have to restart your phone sometimes. You have to restart your computer. You restart, you restart, you restart. Why are we restarting and restarting? Because it's not a human being. A human being restarts too. He sleeps. Wake up. You know, sleeping is a restart. You reboot the system. Right? So everybody is copying the body. There's nothing. So uh, Solomon is actually right. There's nothing new under the sun. If they come up with one super nice Aircraft that can go to the moon, there's nothing new. It's still under the body. You can find everything inside a man. Why? Because a man is a spirit. And the way the Lord did it is such that somehow the earth is tied to the man. Everything the Lord created was for the man. The fish, the birds, everything, when you look at them, they are tied to men. In the beginning, so that when something happens to the man, they would naturally begin to groan. When is man coming back? When is man coming back? Imagine the, the, the great pleasure, right, that the earth receives when Jesus came and, be, and he became the, the second Adam. Imagine the excitement. Right, this is just an imagination in my head. You know, imagine when Jesus was walking upon the sea. Maybe the sea was just excited. Jesus is here, and then, and then all of a sudden, wind, and then, and everybody was like, "Oh, you have little faith. What's your problem? Peace, be still." It wasn't created. It wasn't performing a miracle. That was not a miracle. You know, miracle will require special. You know, you just spoke to the wind. Peace, be still. It's like they are afraid. It means that. Jesus was not afraid of the wind. Jesus was not even afraid that the boat will capsize. Jesus said, no matter what is happening, that can't happen. Well, I mean, this boat, the nature knows him. That's why he can talk to it. Right? But imagine when Jesus left. Problem again. Hey, where are the sons of God? Where are the sons of God? So the creation would groan, waiting for the manifestation of the sons again. Because sons must manifest. Amen. Amen. So clearly, the Lord has a plan to create sons again. To make sons manifest. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to see if I can, I would love to help it around this up quickly. So just like I was saying, I, I started from uh, the, the light, right, of the body. Uh, like I was saying, the, the light, when it comes to, to the body, the body, natural body, process it, right? And we can say in a way, when we see, the body is full of light, right? When we don't see, imagine somebody that is blind, all they see is darkness. And you know, closing your eyes does not actually tell you how a blind man sees. Why? Because your eyes is still functioning. In some ways, this light still passes through the, 
the cells of the skin that is here, and then you can have a sense of some light. I can tell that there's light here by just closing my eyes because the light somehow can still enter into my eye, just that it's not fully entering. Right? A blind man does not see any sign of light. They are in darkness. So Jesus, the scripture, and Jesus was also using that to tell us what actually happens in the soul. Right? If the light, right, that is entering the body, if the eye be single, your body will be full of light. Say, but if the eye be evil, thine eye, right, be evil, that's what it says here. If thine eye be evil, say thy whole body will be full of darkness. Now, this is where the, so the light body thing is not a metaphor. But this is where the metaphor is, in the sense that if, because Jesus changed the, the language. You know, he's a prophet, so it, the way, when he's stuck, he's switching between the spiritual and the natural. He switches. Without sight, you may not discern. What, what, has he switched? What, 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 you know, some, he, he switches. It's by the spirit you can perceive. And then says that if thine eye be evil, thy whole body will be full of dark. So, darkness, right? But he's still saying that something is entering the eye. Just like what a blind man sees is just darkness. So technically, his body is full of darkness. But they are saying, wait, 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 wait. There's something about the soul. It can have a kind of eye to see. The eye that is the eye configuration of the soul can either position you to see light or it can position you to see darkness. But the truth of the matter is that darkness is not actually absent of light. Spiritually, darkness is another light. It's in the natural that they are telling us, like I was saying, that the Lord allows us to see the natural to tell us about the spiritual. But the Lord needs to give us wisdom to superimpose how to translate the knowledge you see in the natural. That's why it's impossible to translate anything without the spirit. If you are not a spirit being, and things are just happening around you, well, you're a spirit being generally. If you, are, if you are not spiritually conscious, things are happening around, you may not be able to pick it, discern, see, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I translate this? Now, many, the truth of the matter is that, forgive me, ah, time is going to round up soon. Right, most believers they walk in darkness but don't know because they can't discern that this light is darkness. Right, because every believer just thinking, you know, I can do this, I can do that, you know, everything is lawful, man. I can just do anything I can just do. No, it's not everything you can just do. Why? Because the, the, this world is full of ways. So it's either you walk in the way of the Lord or you walk in the way. Of, doct of spirit, of doctrines, which give life to men. So ways are distributed everywhere. So when men are walking, just like I was saying, a soul is a body that can walk. And you, like I was saying, we have to see this light. Ah, time has gone. See this aspect I'm talking about the soul. When you are seeing, you are walking, right? When you are not seeing, you, it will be difficult to walk. You need, you need help, right, to figure out the way. But they are telling us that spiritually, Right? Men actually walk too by light. So when they are saying that if the light, if the eye be evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. Now say that. If the light 
that is in thee be darkness. They say, how great is that darkness? Is a, Jesus is also giving us a, an insight in that there are measures, right? There are measures of light in the soul. So this, the, the, the darkness can be darkness. The darkness can be more darkness. The darkness can be much more darkness. And the darkness can be great darkness. Because if the only thing that the soul is doing is just walking in darkness, it means it can only increase in darkness. And it means that they, they have not reintroduced another eye to get the soul to begin to walk righteous in a way that, oh, okay, okay, he's not, he's not, he's not walking in darkness. He's not walking in darkness. He's walking in the light. Now, for a soul to be positioned to walk in the light, I'm just trying to round up, for, for, for a soul to be positioned to walk in the light, something has to happen to the soul as well. Soul don't just see. Anyhow, so don't just come into light, right? Because right? most of the time we say we are the light of the world. Yes, we are. But it's possible for the light of the world to have darkness. <laughs> and the reason is because of the sight and the way it work. it's working. If the, if the light of the world, now the light, you are the light, what they are talking about. First of all, you have to see where that truth is. First in the spirit. The spirit is the light, right? The, what they say, you, is not just the spirit alone. Spirit, soul, and body. So, for the spirit, soul, and body to not be the light of the world, imagine, imagine a light of the world, right? That is stealing, mm. <laughs> or a light of the world that is lying. Are you? Are you now? Are you not? Tell me. Are you now the light of the? Okay, in that moment, are you the light of the world? Ah, well, the Lord has forgiven me. I'm now the light again. So, so what you are saying is that you switch from darkness to light. So when you are forgiven, now you are the light of the world. In the moment you lied, right? What are you? you light? <laughs> if you are from Nigeria now, you know, you know what that means. <laughs> so never part took light. So they shut off the light. What has, what has happened? They don't take light. It happens on the spirit. Spirit, take light. Amen. What <laughs> once they change, it's happening, just come, just switch. Light over souls, and then all of a sudden, you can't see. Uh, what's happening? I can't see you. But some don't, men don't just go blind like that. There has to be a corporation somehow. There has to be a corporation to go into darkness. Amen. But all I'm saying earlier here, because of the time, and I'm trying to round up uh, quickly, um, like I was saying, the Lord is talking to us about the body. So the soul has a body, right? Which is the eyes, the nose, the mouth, hands, legs. And all the things I'm describing earlier is just describing what the soul can do. It can see. It can walk, right? And just like I was saying earlier, just now, by seeing, we can see, take our body to walk around, and we don't hit our head on the wall. So spiritually, too, light can come. We see our body is full of light. And when we see, we walk, right? So the reason why they, there is, they have light is to give sight to a soul so it can walk. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when the soul is seen, clearly it walks in the direction of the light that it's seen. That's how it is. So if the soul is positioned in such a way that it can't see the light, 
whatever light it's seeing, that's the direction it will be walking in. It, just, it will just keep going there. Because souls are attracted to light. The way the Lord did it, a, I'm, just, I'm just explaining the soul a bit. The Lord did it such that souls are attracted to light. That is not, see darkness is not a wisdom of Satan. It's not that it's, darkness is the light is, is 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 the light Satan is using. Then he offers it to men. And how he's offering it is not by see, see my light, I'm, a, I'm the devil. See, I fought angels in the heavens. After I fought them, I took, I took, I went into the second level, spoke to the seraphims that are there, and then I invested them from heaven. I'm the bad guy. Of heaven. In short, when heaven sees me, they shout and mourn, Oh, Lucifer, son of a morning, how am thou falling to the ground? That's me. So this is my light. Take it and walk. He knows that nobody would see that and take it. In short, in short, when the soul sees it, he's like, ah. Oh, there's a cause. <laughs> Thank you. Say, ah, Kiri, what is this? It will pick race. It means that the light that Satan gives is not something that is evil. It doesn't look evil. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look, it doesn't look outrageously bad. In short, it's a light that most people that we think are sane, are healthy, are, are good people. It's the light they are using. But you can't tell what is good except God reveals the true light for souls to see. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is going to help me. I'll finish in five minutes. I'll finish in five minutes. Amen. Amen. So I'm explaining it to show us that the soul, right, can walk, it can see, it can journey, right? It has a body. And I'm saying that to tell us, like I was saying earlier, that the, the soul has members, right? Just like it has hands, hand is a member, eye is a member, all these kind of members. Well, I'm not saying that in the member of the soul, there's a place called the heart as part of its members. And that heart is the powerhouse of the soul. In short, anything that would function, you know, when you have a, a factory, a plant, it, it has to be powered by something. You know, when men have big factory that produces things, it has to be powered by something. You can't have a, a, a factory without a power. So when, imagine when they are designing the factory, the, part of one of the essential things they have to design for the factory is how it's going to be powered. If you create, imagine you create a factory. B can produce giant machines, even giant planes. They didn't have power. You just created a useless factory. So you need, you need to give power to the machine. Like I was saying, you see this thing that men are creating, you see they found it in men. Why? Because the Lord created it such that man has to be powered. The Lord did it such that man has to be powered. He now gave the powerhouse of, the, of, the, of, the, of a soul to be the heart. You know the heart that man carries about is not the one that's here that pumps blood. That one can be artificial. If you remove this one, put artificial one, the man will still be walking up and down. Right? That's to tell you and I that the heart of a man is not the one that pumps blood. The Lord is also telling us that when you see a, a soul, it has a heart. Just like the natural body has a heart. 
And the function of the natural body is that when you remove the heart of a man, that man is going to die. Right? So meaning that if you get to the powerhouse of a soul, you can pretty much determine if that soul is going to live or die. And the Lord created all kinds of safeguarding around the heart. Different layers of the heart. It's, it's like safe, the, the Lord created fail saves. That is why by now we are not all dead and all walking about. And uh, when I say dead, I'm not saying people are falling dead on the ground. Dead is is when you see when a, a dead man is a corrupt man. You know when something is dead and is smelling and stinking, right? It we call it dead. It's corrupt. You now what when when a dead man is lying down, what decomposes the body is because there's corruption. In the body. Why? Because bacteria are acting upon the dead and they're eating the flesh. The, the cells are breaking down. Means corruption is there. See, all these things talk about things that are spiritual. Amen. So the the soul can just be dead up and down. That means corruption is lying in the soul. Right? So but the Lord said it's such that see this heart, let's put let's put some safeguard there. So that imagine if Satan comes and presents things like that, he won't just naturally take it. Even when God comes and presents it, souls don't naturally and quickly jump at it. At first we check it. What's that? What, does he, what, what is he offering me? Okay. What's my gain here? That's, the soul always checks gain. It will check it. Okay, what's my gain? If the soul has not seen gain, it will not, it will not, it will not yield. It will just say, ah, thank you. God bless you. I'll see you later. That's just the way the soul behaves. It must see gain. And the Lord has did it such that he's always telling us what we are to gain. You know, sometimes it comes, it's eternal life. It doesn't sound great. It just sounds like it's dry, eternal life. Okay, what's that? But the Lord can open the eye of the soul to see and understand what that means. Even though it has not come to it. You know, imagine people that are going after life. Ah, I want life. I want the life of God. The soul has seen a hope. Any soul that has not seen that it end is to is to is to end in God. Is still is still walking. Will I say still walking in darkness? Why? Every soul must come to the realization of the destiny of of where it's going to. Souls must see it clearly. It must be clear. So Christians must not just be jumping up, but they must know where they are going to. Amen. In in response to that, I'm ending the message. In response to that, why? Because the Lord wants to make sure that we end in life. The Lord is saying is is preparing. Is giving investment, is bringing feast, food, to ensure that this soul gets to its end. Amen. The Lord and part part of how the soul is going to make is going to journey to the end is that it must be hungry. It must it must have a heart of hunger. Now, what does the Lord use hunger for? The reason for hunger is to create room within the soul. Every time a soul is hungry for God, what is happening is that they are expanding. One thing I mentioned earlier is that the soul is an eternal material. But the thing about eternal material is that there's a way it behaves. It doesn't give you all its elasticity at once. The same with the universe. When you see it, Lord gives us the universe to give us an insight into eternity. The universe, can't, you can't just contain it with just one thing. The universe actually expands. Meaning that over times and years, 
the universe keeps expanding, small, small. Gradually, every time, every year, it's expanding. Every, not even every year, every second and moment, it's expanding. When, the, when NASA checked, the, ah, the universe has, has expanded. It's telling us about the nature of the soul. Why? Because the soul expands. That is why you can see one man sitting down here, listening or watching TV, and you can have the whole world inside that soul. And yet he has not eaten anything in the world. You know, you think the world is bigger than it? But you can have, literally, they can take this entire world and put it and install it inside the sun. So we'll take it as if nothing has happened. It's because of the matter of its fabric. And it means that there is nothing that can satisfy that soul except an eternal being. Because it is made from an eternal fabric. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, what the Lord, what the Lord used hunger for is to create room for himself to fill the soul. Amen. Are we blessed? Is to what? Create room for himself to be filled inside the soul. So I'll just read uh, Matthew chapter 5 because of time. Today, I don't want us to, I don't want to stress us too much, you know, because most of the time we end at 10 and, you know, everybody's all tired. Praise the Lord. But, you know, that's just today because we're just coming from convention, right? So, the Lord, you know, we need these things. Mm-hmm. Why am I saying so? You know, most of the time, you know, sometimes if you don't go to church, you know, we have, we have, we have interacted with things that are dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it has corrupted us. I'm just saying you've interacted with it. The things that we are dealing with, honestly, I won't lie. A 10-minute message can't solve it. Mm-hmm. 30-minute message can't solve it. In short, they've been preaching to generations and generations until now. They are still preaching. If that's the case, it means that if the Lord give us time and room, we can be preaching all day. If the Lord just needed to, you know, provide food and, you know, we don't have to, we don't, we don't have to go anywhere. We can sit down day and night, day and night, listening to the word, just for souls to be saved. Eh? Imagine, the, first of all, they wrote these books, then created messages, sent, sent ministers to the body. Right? Anoint men. Oh, yeah, go and preach to souls because they know what soul is. And you can preach to the soul today. The soul will say, Ah, the Lord, I love you. Then tomorrow, mm, Sir, what did you say again? Okay, Ma. Okay, all right, Ma. You said that you love the Lord? That's how, that's, how, that's how the soul is. That's how they need to keep its gaze on the Lord. Amen. So, what the Lord used hunger for, right, is to create room, expand the soul so that it can feel it. Amen. And they're telling us in uh, Matthew chapter 5, I'll read it while I round up, in verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And what we're talking about, you see this, this thing, I want us to see it. I, I, I was jumping because of my mind. So blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. You see, after righteousness. But when you not talk about righteousness, it's not just one righteousness. They are righteousnesses. Amen. But what the Lord promised us is this. For those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. It's a promise. Meaning that if a soul, if it is easy, they won't say, blessed are they. That hunger and test for righteousness. If it is easy, the scripture won't say blessed are they. 
And I, I believe there's a, there's a time we talked about the word blessing. Blessed are they that hunger. We say blessing is not just take, go, no. Whatever you hear the word blessing, think there must be something there for, for blessing to be there. It is multiplication. Meaning, blessed are they that hunger and thirst. Now, when we say it must be multiplication, what the Lord said to Adam is, and the Lord blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Right? So when you hear the word blessed, it means there is multiplication at work. So we say, blessed are they which do hunger. Meaning that hunger is not just something that is one time. You, there can be a blessing of hunger. I mean, there can be a multiplication of hunger, meaning that hunger can increase. And the truth of the matter is that without hunger, they can't, they can't put God inside the soul because hunger is its tool to expand. And that's what the scripture will say. Blessed are they that hunger, for they shall be filled. Because when you hunger, you, the Lord has dug a hole. The Lord is digging and creating space and room. The Lord will fill it. Then they will bless it again to increase. Then they will fill it. Why am I saying this? Because when you see the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you know it's not always once. It can be filled one day. Then the next two days, filled again. Another day, filled again. Third day, a week. You can, can keep getting filled and filled and filled with the Holy Ghost. Is the operation of blessing. Is multiplication. You can, so if that is happening, it means that you can have that same activity. The reason why it's happening like that is because of the nature of the soul. And the Lord is doing it like that. You can't just feel the also at once like that. The soul doesn't just, they need to stretch it. They need to expand it. Meaning that things need to happen to the soul to make it a vessel that the Lord can fill. Amen. What am I saying this night? I'm saying that the Lord wants to position us for to be filled afresh. When the Lord says that he wants to, fresh, he wants to bless us afresh, right? It means he wants to create a new kind of hunger. So now we have become hunger. It has finished. No, no, it has not finished though. No. But you get what I'm trying to say. Beacon has come. The temptation here is that it has gone. We can be excited and begin to move into other things. Quickly jump into things. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm not saying we won't do things like we used to do before. Just the excitement of the heart to quickly jump and forget. The soul is like that. They just, like I said, they preach and preach and preach to the soul. And after they preach, finish. The next day they will come. How far? That thing that they said. Okay, uh, you, you, there was a preaching yesterday. What was it? That's what the soul will be asking. Why? Because it is easy to forget. Because things that is not yet treasure, right? It's the things that they are bringing must be treasure. It must be treasure. So that's why they are telling the, the soul, lay not up treasure on earth, but lay it in heaven where corruption does not. Meaning that there are kinds of treasure that corruption can enter. Amen. If, and here's, here's the point I'm making, if a soul treasure many other things, it's possible that you like what, you eat what, but the soul can still treasure other things. It can still be positioned to love other things. But the heart must be positioned constantly to hunger 
and test for righteousness. Like I was saying, righteousness is not just one thing. There are righteousnesses. There's the righteousness of God. Right? That's the righteousness. And, there's the right, and there is the righteousness of God being revealed from faith to faith. So what they are saying technically is that faith to faith is actually righteousness to righteousness. So if they are saying that from one level of righteousness to another, meaning that righteousness is, righteousness is plenty, it's not just one. It is from faith to faith, from righteousness to righteousness. So when we are filled with one righteousness, with the blessing of it, the hunger of it, we need another hunger for a new righteousness. Amen. Now, all this I'm saying is to tell us that we should not just jump away and go away after a big coffee. Ah, no, yeah, okay, now it's time to start eating bread and bread and butter and you no know, beans. And I mean, I'm not talking about natural food, okay? Right? You know, just forget, throw ourselves to the world of forgetfulness. No. We should keep the posture of hunger because that posture is what is the, like, uh, uh, Kevin, what's that your favorite singer's name? Uh, Mr. Edwards, <laughs> like she sang, say hunger is an escort to the deep, deeper things of God. And it's true, because hunger is what ensures that souls are journeying spiritually. The moment hunger ends, souls can't move anymore. They can be playing around the same hunger level and play, and, but can't move. But the Lord is coming and is coming again. He has come, he's still coming. That's one thing that is for sure. I can tell you and I that the Lord has come and he's still coming. And it will come and come and come and come and come until we are full and filled with righteousness. And I like the word that they use, for they shall be filled. They did say for they shall be full. And that is why it is blessed. Because it is the blessing that ensures that filling ends in fullness. Right? So being filled is different from being full. Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Like, like they said in... Uh, uh, Act chapter 6 say and still 7 uh, and still he being full of the Holy Ghost he was not filled with the Holy Ghost he was full of it only that when they check all of it contain, container there's no space, there's no gap, it's full you know when you feel something there can still be space and that's the, that's the state of the soul when it has not come into eternal, eternal inheritance, eternal life it's not yet full it is just still being filled. That's why they have to attach blessing to it. But there's a condition, blessed are they, that hunger. What am I saying? We should keep a posture of hunger. Now, prayer is starting, right? Uh, and once prayer starts, I want us to please join prayer and continue praying. Let's not just, you know, be gone and then forget. Let's pray. Prayer is a means by which the Lord can also ensure that a soul come into hunger. When souls don't pray, they don't hunger. Honestly, when souls are not praying, they can't hunger. And we can pray for the Lord to fill us with fresh hunger. Lord, because we don't even know like we have, you know, look, Kevin was just praying earlier this today, is that hunger is something that they have to create. And souls can't by their own power create hunger. But what the soul can do is they can position themselves for it. Then the Lord can bring blessing of hunger. I want us to keep praying for hunger in this season. One thing that is clear is that if the Lord is saying he wants to fill us with fresh hunger, it means he wants to fill us with freshness of himself. He's bringing newness of himself. What we have never known or seen of him before. 
which we should hunger for. We might not even know we should hunger for it. But can we just begin to bless them with the Lord tonight and thank God? And can we pray and ask God for, for fresh hunger tonight? That the Lord will increase us in hunger. That the Lord will bring fresh hunger in our heart. That ways we've not hunger before, the Lord will increase our soul. We increase us, we give us capacity for hunger. Pahara nakata mazevara nahale mashima kaya. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Let's pray for hunger. We give you the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, Lord, we thank you tonight for your mercy. Thank you for your word and uh, what you've said to us tonight. Thank you for how you've come to us. Thank you for revealing your intention to fill us with a fresh hunger. We ask, Father, that the blessing of hunger and thirst you will give for our soul in the name of Jesus. We know that hunger is needed because when we have hunger, we can delight ourselves in fatness. We can delight ourselves in the feast which you have brought before us. Father, we ask that tonight you will increase the blessing, the multiplication of hunger upon each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Wherever we are dry of hunger, we ask for oil, new anointing for hunger in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' precious name, you dwell between the cherubim, shine for you dwell between the cherubim, shine for you dwell between the cherubim.